Hello, I'm Carmen Colosi, a Stratfor Latin America analyst at Rain. This podcast is brought to you by Rain Worldview, powered by Stratfor, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Learn more at worldview.stratfor.com. This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Rain. I'm Emily Donahue. In October of 2021, after months of rising tensions between military and civilian government officials, Sudan's military seized control of the country. The coup has brought international condemnation and domestic unrest. Here with guidance on what happens next is Clara Brackbill, Stratfor Sub-Saharan Africa analyst at Rain. It's great to have you back, Clara. Thanks for having me. So can we start with what exactly has happened in Sudan? Yes, absolutely. So um, this requires some backstory. For some 30 years, Sudan was actually ruled by a dictator named Omar al-Bashir. And Bashir is is widely known for um, the conflict in Darfur, where thousands of Sudanese died at the hands of state and paramilitary forces. And Bashir um, now is indicted by the International Criminal Court for war crimes and crimes against humanity. And in 2019, uh, revolutionary groups deposed Bashir. And following that revolution, a transitional government was established with a power sharing agreement between civilian and military factions. And this, um, this mechanism was called the Juba Agreement for Peace in Sudan. And um, it facilitated a coalition between civilian, military, and rebel leaders to facilitate the eventual transition to full civilian rule. So the civilian faction of the Joint Governing Council was led by Abdallah Hamdok, uh, the prime minister, who is an economist by trade and has served in several United Nations positions throughout his career. And then the military faction was led by General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, who heads the Sudanese military and his deputy, um, who's commonly known as Hamedi, who is the head of the paramilitary rapid support forces. So these are the uh, big players involved. And now the coup itself that happened on October 25th um, involved General Burhan imposing a state of emergency. He arrested Prime Minister Abdullah Hamdok and the rest of the civilian cabinet. He cut internet access nationwide and announced that he was forced to intervene after political infighting put the Sudanese people and the transition in danger. And in response, thousands of protesters filled the streets in the capital, Khartoum, and the neighboring city of Omdurman. And while Burhan still denies that security forces have used any live ammunition, doctors' groups say that at least 14 people have died in clashes with police. So one of the key pro-democracy groups involved is the Sudanese Professionals Organization, and they were um, responsible in large part for organizing mass protests against the former dictator Bashir. So that same group is um, advocating for um, restoration of the democratic process. And despite a court order, the country remains in a blackout, which um, while you'd think that may preclude uh, protesters' ability from communicating, They've resorted to other methods, um, generally text message, WhatsApp, that kind of thing, and um, have new protests scheduled for November 13th. So what are the constraints, if any, that are facing General Burhan? Is he going to be ruling indefinitely? Uh, Burhan faces 
many, many constraints. Um, there are four major ones that I will highlight. First is domestic pressure. Um, these protesters are highly effective. There have been hundreds of thousands of citizens that have come out onto the streets to rally against the coup. Um, in recent weeks, many of the protesters have carried photos of the deposed prime minister who has uh, emerged as the face of the national movement for democracy. Protesters have been using barricades to prevent military forces from entering neighborhoods. Um, and when military forces take them down, they just build them back up again. So there's a, a strong sense of resilience. And the Sudanese professionals organization that I just mentioned, um, they've pledged to make Sudan ungovernable by staging continued strikes and demonstrations. So for many, the coup has shown that the military civilian coalition that was installed in the wake of the 2019 revolution against Bashir failed to protect their right to have a voice in the government. And given that, the pro-democracy movement is demanding that the military um, hand over all of its power to a civilian transitional government until next elections. So this was not outlined in the 2020 Juba agreement and um, is a step further that now um, that now Burhan is facing and and is a big constraint on his on his future actions. Um, even if a deal is reached between military and political elites, it may not satisfy protesters. So the second is the prime prime minister Hamdok's demands. Um, the United Nations is currently mediating between members of the deposed civilian government and military leaders, um, but. Hamdok is so far refusing to uh, come back, which is what Burhan has asked him to do, because it would give credibility to Burhan's own governance structure. Um, but despite sustained attempts by Burhan, Hamdok has refused uh, to come back unless detained civilian cabinet members are released and Sudan returned to the pre-coup power sharing agreement. Hamdok himself still remains under house arrest. And the third um, constraint that Burhan faces is potential for internal rifts among security forces. I mentioned Hanedi, who is the leader of the Rapid Support Rapid Support Forces, who is a that is a paramilitary group. Um, he has backed Burhan so far and supported the coup, but it's not clear how long and if this will hold, and if internal dynamics and competition will lead to group splintering, which would significantly weaken Burhan's position. And then lastly, there's international pressure. So from the West, there's huge pressure to restore, restore civilian rule. Western governments and institutions immediately condemn the coup, um, have withdrawn financial support and said that they're unwilling to support a military regime. And condemnation from the West is actually juxtaposed with the response from many Arab Gulf states. So while the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt um, all have distinct perspectives. Many of them are generally more sympathetic to military governments and view strong top-down leadership as crucial to maintaining stability. So this mixed international response requires Burhan to walk a very tight line between Western condemnation and Arab support, support for stability. So Clara, what would be the most likely outcome from all of this? Well, while an ongoing military crackdown and uh, continued consolidation of, of military power is possible, given the constraints that I just outlined, it's, it's unlikely. The most likely outcome is some sort of negotiated settlement. However, the timeline, the concessions, the logistics of such a settlement are unclear. Um, and while some cabinet members, um, some civilian cabinet members have been released, 
Hamdok himself remains under house arrest. Um, while Burhan has said he won't participate in the future ruling coalition, which which many um, say is a sign that that he is backing backing down and, and willing to make uh, serious concessions, it's not actually concrete action. So while these things are a positive sign, they will amount to nothing unless coupled with um, concrete steps that are necessary to put Sudan on a democratic trajectory. And I should note that democracy and stability are not the same thing and, and shouldn't be conflated. But in this case, the, the Sudanese people's commitment to the democratic transition indicates that the country won't see one without some version of the other. Clara Brackbill is Stratfor Sub-Saharan Africa Analyst at RAIN. RAIN's Essential Geopolitics podcast is powered by Stratfor. You can get regular intelligence updates on Sub-Saharan Africa with RAIN Worldview. Right now we have a special offer. Go to stratfor.com slash worldview and subscribe today. That's stratfor.com slash worldview. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.